Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And let's go to the Lord and start things off with prayer. And just remember each other and remember all the sick and all the lost. And uh, just remember everybody uh, all over the world. And, uh, everybody, everybody needs prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this another day that you have blessed us with, dear God. I thank you for life. I thank you for health. God, I just thank you for being with us and caring for us and, and watching over us. Now, God, I ask, Lord, that you just, God, that you would just be with our neighbors, Lord, that you would just meet their needs, dear God, Lord, that you will just lift them up, touch their hearts, touch their minds, touch their souls, dear God, and just... Just be with them and, and just bless it, each and everything, dear God. And touch those that are sick, God, uh, whether it be coronavirus or, or other sickness, God. Lord, just lay your healing hand upon them. And God, your word says, by, by your stripes we were healed. And Lord, I claim that healing in the name of Jesus. God, just have your way in this podcast, Lord. Just touch my mind and my lips. Give me the words to say that I may help someone, dear God, that someone may be lifted up or drawn closer to you. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for everything. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. We are going to be in Joshua chapter, or Judges chapter 7. Uh, Gideon is getting ready to get his army together. And as he brings actually brings all the army, all the men of valor and everything together. Um, the Lord uh, tells him uh, that he got too many people. Uh, starting in verse uh, 1, chapter 7. Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Pyrrhus, so that the host of the Mennonites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley and the lord said unto gideon the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the mennonites into their hands least israel bought themselves against me saying mine own hand hath saved me now therefore go and to proclaim in the ears of the people saying whosoever is fearful and afraid let him return and depart early from mount gilead and there and there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down into the water, and I will try them there for thee, try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, These shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whoever I shall say unto thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people into the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappeth the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, every one that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you and deliver the Mennonites into thine hand. 
and let all the other people go, every man unto his place. So, okay, now we're talking about a valley as we're going to read uh, in just a few minutes that is filled with warriors. They are gathered together, the uh, Mennonites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east, they are gathered together in this valley to come against the children of Israel. And they, uh, the Lord tells Gideon, he's, he's got a hundred, about a hundred and, uh, let's see, he, he's got a hundred, uh, and remain 10,000. He had uh, about 30, 32,000 people, somewhere there roughly. And the Lord told him he had too many. So he said, go proclaim in their ears all that those that are afraid and and really don't want to go to battle, in other words, tell them to go on home. And 20, 20 and 2,000, 22,000 went home. So he still had 10,000. And the Lord told him, said, nope, so that's too many. What the Lord is, is saying here is he's, he's trying to get the children of Israel to understand that he's in control, that he, he is in control. So if he takes... If he let the whole army go in, then the whole army could say, you know, hey, look at what we've done. We've went up against the Malachites and the Midianites and all the children of the East, and we, we won. We, we overtook them, and we won. And the Lord's not, Lord don't want them to do that. The Lord wants him to understand that, that like I said, he's in control, and he's got everything uh, just exactly the way he wants it. And he's got it all planned out. All they have to do is just listen to him and follow his instructions, and everything will be fine. So, okay, so uh, 22,000 went home. Lord told him, said, you still got too many. He said, all right. So he said, all right, take them down to the water. And he said, everyone that lappeth the water like a dog, he said, I want you to set them on one side and all those that bend down on their knees and drink water, I want you to put them, uh, I'll put all them together. And they'd done that. And there was 300 men that lapped, dipped the water out of the, out of the, dipped the water up in their hand and drank it out of their hand. He said, these 300 men, I am going to give this huge army I'm going to give this huge army to these 300 men. They are; These are the ones that's going to save Israel. These are the ones that are, are going to defeat this huge army. And uh, if we go over uh, in verse 12, and it says, And the Mennonites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east laying along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude, and their camels were without number, as the sand by the seaside for multitude. So they was they was a huge multitude. They couldn't count them. This was how big that, that whole valley was full of this army. And now then we're down to 300 men against this whole army. So the Lord told Gideon, he said, I want you to take, I'm going to take these 300 men and I'm going to save you and deliver the Mennonites into your hand, and let everybody else go home. These 300 men is all we need. So these 300 men, they took victuals in their hands and their trumpets, and, and he sent all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. And verse 9, 
And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down into the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear to go down, go thou with sure thy servant down to the host, and thou shalt hear what they say, and afterwards shall thine hands be strengthened to go down into the host. So Gideon took his, his uh, servant, Fuhrer, and he went down just outside of the camp to where he could hear the, the men talking. And as he was listening, and let me tell you something. You know, I can't blame Gideon for being a little apprehensive, a little afraid. I mean, he can look out over this valley and he can see all these people, I mean, um, I don't know. It, it, was, it was just a river, a, a sea of people as far as he could see. And the Lord had took his army down to 300 people. And, yeah, I, I can understand him being a little apprehensive, a little afraid. And the Lord undoubtedly, and God undoubtedly did too, because he said, but if thou fear. I want, to, I want to show you something. I, I know you're afraid, but I, I want you to go down, and I want you to listen to what the men have to say. And when, uh, verse 13, And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow, and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian, and came unto a tent, and smote it, that it fell, and overturned it, that it the tent lay, lay alone. Now then, we got to understand, barley was one of the cheapest grains that there was. Uh, it, was uh, it wasn't the, the best of breads or anything like that. It was considered inferior. And for this inferior bread baked into a loaf, come rolling down into the camp and and drop this tent and destroy it tent. That that was real that really meant something. If we remember, um when the Lord told Gideon to go out against the Mennonites, he said, Lord, he said, I'm you know, I'm the least in my father's uh household. I'm the least in my household. And we, we're not we don't have a lot of substance. We're poor people. And I'm the least. And the Lord said, I want you to go. And this, this cake of barley that, that uh, went rolling down into the camp, this represented Gideon coming in. And the, and the other guy told him, uh, and his fellow answered and said in verse 14, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For unto his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. This was one of the men that was come out against Israel saying this. He realized that God was with Gideon and that Gideon was, was going to overtake the Midianites. He, he, this man had done recognized that he was going to die. But yet he, he, still, he's, he held fast to what that he had been taught to do. Even though he knew he was going to die, he was still going to go out against the Israelites. He was still going to fight them. He was still going to go to war with them. 
you know, there's there's so many of them people in the world today that they they know that they're going to hell, and they 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 know that the, the they have lost the battle, and they know what their end is, but yet they will not give up their lifestyle. They they love the things that they do. Listen, sin is fun. I'm not going. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to tell you it's not. It's fun, but it's only for a season. And then you have to pay for all that fun. You have to pay for all those worldly things. You have to pay for it. And let me tell you something. The payment is is not nice. It is not nice because your payment is you're going to have to spend an eternity in hell. You're going to be in torments for eternity. That's that's the payment that you have to pay for that time that short time of pleasure and that short time of of the world just handing you everything on a platter. That's going to be your payment for it. It's really, listen, it's really not worth it. It's really not. When we can live for the Lord and we can we can be blessed and and let me tell you something. It, it is a life that is just, it's really hard to explain because mortal man cannot understand exactly what it is like to live a life to where that you, you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to be concerned about the things of the world. You, you, uh, you don't have to worry about sickness and you don't have to worry about death and you don't have to worry about uh your finances and, and all your clothes and your housing and all that you don't have to worry about all this stuff when you get finally get to the place to where that you turn everything over to god and and you let god handle it you don't have to worry about nothing and god blesses you and and he answers your prayers and he answers those things that's going on in your life. He, he lead guides and directs you and he helps you in so many ways. It's, it's just hard to explain sometimes for me anyway, but let me tell you something. It, it, it is, it is a joy. It, oh, sure. I still have problems. I still have aggravations. I, there's things that comes against me, uh, all the time. But the thing about it is, I don't have to do anything for myself. I just all I have to do is take all those things, just like Gideon and these three hundred men. They took that that valley full of problems that they have, and they turned it over to God. They followed Him, and God done just exactly what He said He would. When we take our problems, no matter how big they look to us, no matter how uh, impossible that they look to us. God does the impossible. And I, and I, I mean, he's done it so many times in my life that it, it's just not, it's just unreal. He has done the impossible so many times in my life because I serve him. I serve him. I worship him and I love him. And I do, I try my best to do exactly what he wants me to do. No, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm, I am far from perfect. But I do my best and I live my best for him. But he went down and he found out what, what that actually the men that were there in that valley, they were, they were afraid. They knew that God was with Gideon. 
and they knew that God was going to deliver them into Gideon's hands. They just did not know how or when. But they knew that it was going to happen. 15. And it was so, when Gideon heard the tellings of the dream and the interpretation thereof, that he worshipped and returned unto the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered unto your hand the host of Midian. And he divided the three hundred men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand, and empty pitchers, and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me, and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, as I do so shall ye do. When I blow with the trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So he put a pitcher with a light in it in everybody's left hand. He put a horn in their right hand, a trumpet in their right hand. And he said, now then, I want you, when I do this, I want you to do this also. I want you to blow on this trumpet just as long and hard as you can. And when you do, I want you to break this pitcher and let this light of this lamp shine out. Let the light of the Lord shine out. That's what we, we, we as children of God, we need to let our light, we need to let our, break our pitchers. We need to blow on the trumpet and let the Lord know that we are, are on his side and are serving him. And we need to break the pitcher and let his light shine out of our life so that others may see it in our life. And this way that this way these people know that we are we are some, there's something different about us. But see so many times we want to hide that light. We don't want to let it shine out. We don't want to, uh, we don't let want people to know that we are a Christian for fear of what people will think about us. For fear of what people will say about us. Let me tell you something. If you're any if you're uh, even the least amount uh, of child of God, people are talking about you whether you realize it or not because you are different. There's something different about you and they know it and and they're already talking about you. So you might as well go ahead and live for the Lord. You may, uh, you should always go ahead and let your light shine because uh, people know there's something different about you. Now then let your let the light, light of Jesus shine from 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 you out into the world so that they'll know that what it is. Who knows? Somebody may may get curious enough to come and ask you why that you are the way that you are. So Gideon in and verse nineteen. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, and they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets, and they break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and their trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the host ran and cried and fled. And the three hundred blew the trumpets 
and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the host. And the host fled to Bethlehem in Zareth, and to the border of Abel Meloah, and to Tabith. And the men of Israel gathered themselves together out of Nephtali, and out of Asher, and out of all Manasseh, and pursued after the Mennonites. There was a lot of men that, that fell from those 300 men doing what the Lord told them to do. And they never had to take, take their swords out of their sheaths. They never touched their, their swords. All they had was a will to serve God, a will to do, and a will to obey. You know, it, it, it's remarkable what that we can do when we take the time to really turn everything over to God and just let him take control of our lives and do what he's, he wants us to do and not worry about everything. You know, there's there's things that's going to go on in our life that are are, are beyond our control. You know, there's, there's things that happen in my life all the time that's beyond my control. There's nothing I can do about it. But I know one that can take everything in my life, and he can take it, and he can use it for his glory and for the for the uplifting of other people as well as me. And then when he do, does those things, I need to remember those. And, and because some point in time, I'm going to run up against somebody that's going through the same thing. And I say, hey, let, let me tell you what the Lord done for me. Let me tell you how the Lord worked in my life. I've been there. I've done that. You know, experience is one of the, one of the greatest teachers that ever was. You know, I can't, I can't teach I can't tell you about uh, what it's like to have um, one of my children die. I can't tell you. Uh, what it's like to be uh, an alcoholic. I can't, t I can't tell you what it's like to be a drug addict, but I know people that can. And I know people that will w are willing to do those things and tell you about those things because they, they want people to know, hey, I've been there, and let me tell you what the Lord done for me. And, you know, we need, we need to, to listen to these people, and we need to, to really... Remember what God has brought us from, not to look back as to want to go back to it, but remember it so that some point in time we can help somebody else with that same problem. But, and, you know, these, these people, they, these men of valor, these great warriors, they, they got confused and they, they jumped up and they started to run and, and they didn't know if the, the army was coming in and, and it was dark and anybody get in front of them, they'd, they'd hit them with their sword, they'd kill them. Little did they know that they was killing their own people, their own their brothers in arms that was with them. And, the, and these 300 men stood around and watched this. And I can just imagine the amazement in, in, that they was, as they was watching this take place how God moved in a great and a mighty way, and they never had to do nothing. You know, that's the way we are a lot of times. Our problems, even though they look huge and, and look impossible and everything, God can take care of them. He's the one that can take care of them, and we don't even have to do nothing. We just have to. We, we just stand back and watch him work. And let me tell you something. When we stand back and watch the Lord work, 
It's one of the most amazing things that, that you'll ever see in your life. How that God can take nothing and make something out of it. And he has, he has moved in my life in so many ways. It, it's just unreal. But God is in control, and he is always going to be in control if we will let him. But we have to let him. See, if, if Gideon had took this army, and the Lord said, well, you, you know, there's too many people. We need, we, need to, um, we need to reduce this army. And if Gideon said, no, 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 no. Lord, have you seen these people out there? Have you seen this army out there? We can't reduce this army. We've got to get more men in here. If, if Gideon had done that and wouldn't have obeyed the Lord, they wouldn't have won the battle. The battle, the Midianites would have, would have overtaken them instead of them overtaking the Midianites. That's what, that's what happens to us a lot of times. Our problems overtakes us because we don't obey the Lord and we don't do what the Lord wants us to do. So our problems get bigger than we are and we get in trouble. But we need to we need to just let the Lord deliver us and teach us that we need to turn loose, uh, just give all control of everything that's going on in our lives over to God, follow Him, and not worry about it. And that's what Gideon done. He said, "Lord," he basically said, "Lord, you're in charge." Uh, Whatever you say, I'm going to do. It doesn't matter. I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to do what you want me to do. Uh, and Gideon sent, verse 24, And Gideon sent messengers throughout all Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Mennonites, and take before them the waters unto Bethbarah and Jordan, then all the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and took the waters unto Bethbarah and Jordan, and they took two princes of the Mennonites, Oreb and Zeb, and they slew Oreb upon the rock Oreb, and Zeb they slew at the winepress of Zeb, and pursued Midian, and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon on the other side of Jordan. So they, 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 the men, the uh, the original 300 surprised them. They got confused. They started killing each other. What was left started running and uh, retreating. And he sent word to the other armies and told the other armies, said, you go down to uh, Beth Baran and Jordan. And when they come down there, you all take them down there. And they got the two princes. And they killed both of the princes of the Mennonites. But, you know, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter whether the Lord calls you, what the Lord calls you to do. There's always somebody that's going to be a little jealous, even though God has called them to do a work and they're doing a great and a mighty work. It, they, it's a possibility that they wanted to do the work that you're doing, that the Lord has called you to do. So they're, they're going to get a little jealous and they're going to get a little upset. And the same same thing happened here in chapter eight. Uh, the men of Ephraim they they got on Gideon because he didn't invite them to into the original battle to begin with. And um, verse eight, chapter uh, chapter eight, verse one, and the men of Ephraim said unto him.
Why hast thou served us thus, that thou calledest not us not, when thou wentest to fight with the Mennonites, and they did chide with him sharply? In other words, they, they got a little upset and a little aggravated because they wasn't in on the original battle of, of the 300 men, and I don't know if they even knew how many men were even there at that point in time, but they, they got a little upset because they didn't call them at that time. But listen, the Lord told him, Send everybody back home but these 300. And with these 300 men, I'm going to give the uh, Mennonites into your hands. Then Gideon told them in verse 2, And he said unto them, What have I done now in comparison of you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage of Abner? God hath delivered into your hands the princes of Midian. Oreb and Zeb. And what was I able to do in comparison of you? Then their anger was abated toward him when he had said that. He said, listen, <laughs> what have I done compared to what you are? Listen, you have killed the princes of Midian. You, what did I do? I didn't do nothing. All I done was blowed on a horn and broke a pitcher. That's all I done. Now, here you all are. You have went down to the river, and you have uh, defeated Midian, and you have uh, killed the princes. <laughs> what, do you, what are you getting so upset about? You are, the one, you are the ones that came out on top in this deal. You all are the heroes of this deal. Put it in my own words. But, you know, <laughs> we, <laughs> we want, everybody wants to shine a, a wants to the light of uh, shine on them and make them look real big and everything. I mean, that's human nature. Listen, uh, I, I have to contend with that too. But, you know, think about it. God's got a job for you to do. He's got a job for me to do. My job's going to be different from the one you do. Even though they're, they may be about the same, they're still going to be different because I can't do your job the way you do it, and you can't do your my job the way that I do it. That's the reason why that God picked me, and that's the reason why God picked you. You know, so we 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 do the same thing, but we do it differently. Now everybody's going to do the same job, the same way, but God can use each and every one of us to do that job in our way and reach people. I'll be able to reach people that you can't. You'll be able to reach people that I can't. That's the reason why that we are all different, and that's the reason why our jobs, even though they're the same calling, the job is actually different. And Gideon was trying to explain that to him. Listen, hey, all I done, we, we were fighting the same war, we're fighting the same battle, but all I done is blow on a trumpet and break some pictures. You all are the ones that actually got into the heat of the battle and you brought the, the, the you took out the, the two princes, Oreb and Zeb. You took them out. All I, I, and, you know, I didn't do anything, but you all are the ones that really done the work. And Gideon came to Jordan, verse 4. And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over. He and 300 men that were with him, faint yet pursuing them. And he said unto the men of Succoth, 
Give, I pray you, loaves of bread unto the people that follow me, for they be faint, and I am pursuing after Zabah and Zulaman, kings of Midian. And the princes of Saku said, Are the hands of Zeba and Zulaman now in thy hand, that we should give bread unto thine army? And Gideon said, Therefore, when the Lord hath delivered Zeba and Zemulun unto mine hand, then I will tear your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness and with the briars. And he went up thence to uh, Penel and spake unto them likewise. And the men of Penel answered him as the men of Succoth and answered, had answered him. And he spake also unto the men of Penel, saying, When I come again in peace, I will break down this tower. These men have been fighting a hard battle, traveling probably a long way. And it's hard to tell when their last meal was. And he wanted these these two these two nations. He wanted them to to feed their his men so that he could go after these. And they they were afraid that if something happened that uh, Zavah and Zulaman overtook the Israelites, they would come back and uh, do something to them because they fed them and they wouldn't they wouldn't give them any bread. You know, we don't, this is the thing about it. We don't need to worry about what we're doing. We just need to follow God. You know, as long as the Lord told us to do something, you know, we're going to come out on top. We don't have to worry about uh, repercussions uh, from from the world or anybody else because the Lord has got everything in control, and we need to understand that, and we need to figure that out, that he is he has got us in in his hands. He is leading, guiding, directing us in a way that he wants us to go, and we need to follow him, and we need to trust him, and we don't need to worry about everything because he has got it in control, and he will he will take care of you. And even though these men were faint and they wouldn't give them no bread or anything like that, they went on. They continued on doing the work that the Lord had called them to do. They didn't They didn't sit down and quit because they couldn't get no bread and they was tired and they was hungry. They didn't quit because it was hot or whatever. They, they didn't quit because of coronavirus. They didn't quit because somebody talked about them. They didn't quit because somebody ran them down made fun of them, they did not quit. They continued on no matter what. And the Lord blessed them for it. We need to continue on in our life. No matter what happens in our life, we need to continue on and we need to follow the Lord and we need to do for Him what it is that He wants us to do. Verse 10, And Zabah and Zulamah, were in Cancor, and the host with them, about 15,000 men, all that were left of the host of the children of the east. For there fell a hundred and twenty thousand men that drew sword, and Gideon went up by the way of them that dwelt in tents on the east of Noba and Jogbaha, and smote the host, for the host was secure. And when Zeba and Zulaman fled, he pursued after them, and took the two kings of Midian, Zeba and Zulaman, and discomfited all the host. 
And Gideon, the son of Joash, returned from battle before the sun was up and called a young man of, of the men of Succoth and inquired of him. And he described unto him the princes of Succoth and the elders thereof, even threescore and seventeen men. And he came unto the men of Succoth and said, Behold, Zebah and Zulaman, with whom ye did upbraid me, saying, Are the hands of Zebah and Zulaman now in thy hand, that we should give bread unto thy men that are weary? And he took the elders of the city, and thorns of the wilderness, and briars, and with them he taught the men of Succoth. And he beat down the tower of Penel, and slew the men of the city. Then he said unto Zebah and Zulaman, What manner of men were they whom you slew at Tabor? And they answered, As thou art, so were they. Each one resembled the children of a king. And he said, They were my brethren, even the sons of my mother, as the Lord liveth. If ye had saved them alive, I would not slay you. And he said unto Jeter his firstborn, Up and slay them. But the youth drew not his sword, for he feared, because he was yet a youth. Then Zebah and Zulaman said, Rise thou and fall upon us, for the man is, so is his strength. And Gideon rose and slew Zebah and Zulaman, and took away ornaments that were on their camels' necks. So Gideon had to, had to pursue after these for quite a while, and he caught up with them. And he didn't kill them right away, but he went back, and he, he proved to the people of Succoth and Penal that he had them, and he done just exactly what he said he would do to both cities, and then he went back and he slew uh, the two kings. But he wanted his, his youngest son to slay them, and he wouldn't do it. You know, um, when we are young in Christ and when we are just just starting out, it, it sometimes it, it's a little hard for us to do things. We, we're, we're not really set, uh, and we're not really got uh, our feet planted real good in the Word, and we sometimes we hesitate even after we are we are quite old and have served the Lord for quite a while. We still do that, but it's but the thing about it is is when we're just a young Christian and we're first starting out, the Lord understands. You know, the Lord understands that. But when we get older, He don't understand that because we know better and we know that God's going to take care of us. So He He killed these two kings. And he took the men, the uh, threescore and seventeen men of Succoth, and he he took these thorns and and he taught them. That's what the Bible says. Uh, he taught them, uh, and I, you know that's one lesson that uh, I don't want to be taught because I know that uh, those briars and those thorns and everything those those cut deep. Those hurt a lot. And they they understood that the next time they come through they they understand they're going they're going to take care of them. But then the one the Pinnell, he he slew them and he tore he tore down the tower. Listen, there's some sometimes there's there's people that we we just got to just back off and really pray for 
and there's some people that we we just really need to you know when any time that you're witnessing for the lord and, and you're doing for the lord you you've got to follow the lord and you've got to uh let him be your guide as to how to approach someone when you're witnessing to them because you know we're we're you're not going to witness to everybody the same way sometimes it may be just a word or two uh sometimes it might be uh uh, upbraiding them, uh, you know, coming out against them really strong, you know, but we have to follow the Lord and let the Lord teach us exactly which way that he wants us to go and then follow him and follow through with that. But I'll, but Gideon overtook the Midianites, all these, these thousands of men that was in this valley, he overtook them all and him and the, and the children of Israel and they, they, done away with them so now then uh when they get back to to their uh their homes uh the men of israel said unto gideon rule thou over us both thou and thy son and thy son's son also for thou hast delivered us from the hand of midian they want they want gideon to be their king now they want gideon to sit upon the throne and to rule over them and and to uh, teach them and tell them how that they're supposed to live and everything. And in verse 23, And Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. I know we have presidents and vice president and, and people that make uh, laws for us, but you know the one person that we need to to follow first and foremost is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then follow man and, and uh, second, and do we? There's laws that they make, and we have to to follow those laws, and we have to do those regulations and rules that they put down before us, until they go against God's laws, and then when they go against God's laws, we have to follow His laws first. Even though we we probably get in trouble, we have to follow God's laws first. And this is where America has gotten in trouble uh, right now in a, in a lot of ways because they are following after man's laws and they are not following God's laws. They are trying to look good to man and they are trying to please everybody all of the time and it can't ha it, it's not going to happen you can't please everybody all the time you can please some of the people some of the time but you can't please all the people all the time and they have compromised and just as the children of israel did they have compromised and they are going against god in their comp and by compromising they are going against god and it's going to cost them in the long run so you know, we don't need to compromise. We need to follow the word of God. We need to follow it to the letter. And if it says do it, do it. If it says don't do it, don't do it. And it's it's just really very simple. But we we have to read it for ourselves. And we have to find out for ourselves. Don't depend on the preachers and the teachers to to do it for us. We need to read God's word ourselves, and we need to understand, uh, pray before we read it, that God will give us the understanding and the knowledge of it, and then we need to live by it. 
And Gideon said unto them, I'll, okay, and, and, and verse 24, And Gideon said unto them, I would desire a request of you, that you would give me every man the earrings of his prey. For they have golden, had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. And they answered, We will willingly give them. And they spread a garment, and they cast therewith every man the earrings of his prey, and the weight of the golden earrings that he requested was a thousand and seven hundred shekels of gold, besides ornaments and, and collars and purple raiment that was on the kings of Midian, and beside the chains that were about their camels' necks. And Gideon made an ephod thereof and put it in the city, even Ophrah, and all the Israel and all Israel went thither, uh, whoring after it, which thing became a snare unto Gideon and to his household, and to his house. You know, I I understand what Gideon was trying to do here. He was trying to make a uh, um, a monument, something that the people would look on and remember what happened, remember how that the Lord had moved. Uh, in such a great way with the Midianite and the Malachite's army and how that they had uh, defeated them and everything like that. And when he made it and he, he hung it up, then the Israelites, they wanted to worship it. They, they didn't want to look on it and remember they wanted to worship it and they wanted to make a God out of it. And, you know, so many times in our lives we do things... Uh, maybe for other people or we do things in the church or, or, or whatever. And people wants to look up to us instead of looking up to God. You know, don't, don't never look to me. I'm, I'm going, I may fail at some point in time. I may completely turn my back on God at some point in time. Don't look to me. Look, always look to God and follow him and let him be your guide. Because when it comes right down to it in the end of time, that's what's going to uh, to stand when everything else has gone away is God's going to be here. And no matter what he, he was here, he's going to be the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And if we want to be forevermore with him, we're going to have to follow him and we're going to have to quit looking to man and quit following man. Man will lead you astray. 28. Thus was Midian subdued before the children of Israel, so that they lifted up their heads no more. And the country was in quietness forty years in the days of Gideon. And Jerubbabel, or Gideon, the son of Joash, went and dwelt in his own house. And Gideon had threescore and ten sons of his body begotten, for he had many wives. And his concubine that was in Sechem, she also bare him a son, whose name he called Abimelech, and Gideon, the son of Joash, died in a good old age and was buried in the sepulcher of Joash, his father, in Ophrah of the Abrazites. Ab and it came to pass, as soon as Gideon was dead, that the children of Israel turned again and went a-whoring after Balaam, and after Balaam bears their God, and the children of Israel remembered not the Lord their God, who had delivered them out of the hands of all their enemies on every side, neither showed they kindness into the house of Jerubbabel, namely Gideon, according to all the goodness which he had showed unto Israel. So here we go again. 
Gideon died. And what happened? They turned away from God. They started following every other God to be thought of and and doing uh, doing wrong and uh, chasing after everything to be thought of. So now we're we're going to get into it again. Um, and you know, <laughs> it's just like us. It it doesn't matter. Every every time things get going along real well and everything, uh, we we start drifting away from God. And, you know, every time that this happened, God allowed some, someone to come into Israel and to put them in bondage and to afflict uh, them and to, uh, to uh, do them wrong and everything. And God had to send somebody to uh, free them, to uh, bring them out and to uh, and, and show them the way to go again. And they'd follow the Lord for a while until that person passed away and then they would they would go back out into sin again and start chasing after everything to be thought of. You know, that's just like we are today. As a world, as a, the world as a whole. And that's the reason why that so many catastrophes has come up on this earth is because of our um, unbelief, because of us chasing after other gods and, and turning our backs on God and just completely uh, doing away with him, not even caring about whether or not we worship him or whether or not, uh, you know, I've said so many times, we, we use God as a, a crutch. We, we use him as a, a means of getting us out of trouble. And then when we get out of trouble, we put him back up on a shelf and we leave him there till the next time we get in trouble again. We need to take him down. We need to put him in our heart and we need to keep him there so that when we do come into trouble, it won't be as bad. It won't be, uh, we won't have as much trouble as we do, which we do now that things come against us. But, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be the same thing. We're going to turn our backs on him. And uh, God is going to have to send another catastrophe and something, uh, another virus or a, another attack from uh, overseas or something is going to have to come against us to get us to wake up and to get us to our heart and our lives turned back to God every time. So, you know, we need to keep God in our hearts at all times. Read and pray. Read, read and study God's word. Pray every day. Follow him. Follow him. And he will never lead us astray. Listen, I thank you all for listening. I hope you all got something out of this. And until the next time, may God bless you.